Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that we are doing a giveaway. Each week, we will be selecting one lucky listener and sending them a $50 Amazon gift card and a Storytime t-shirt. All you have to do is rate and review the podcast, follow Storytime.pod on Instagram, and leave a comment on the latest post that says, I'm an official fable, baby. That's it. Also, if you have a damn good story to tell and you want to hear it on an upcoming listener episode, Tibbity type that thing up and email it or send an audio file of you telling your story to storytime at collab.inc. Can't wait to hear them. Welcome to Storytime, the podcast where I bring you the best stories from around the internet, produced by iHeartRadio and Collab. I'm your host, Will, please never tickle me, McFadden. Today is a very special episode. I'm actually coming to you live from my middle school cafeteria. Technically, I'm trespassing, but as the kids who currently go to this school would say, YOLO, or YOLO, I, I don't know, hey kid. Do you say YOLO or YOLO? Fuck off, weirdo. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, 
It's the perfect location for us to go on a cringe-tastic journey of some of the internet's most embarrassing stories. None of these stories will be mine, of course, as I am much too cool and definitely never shit my pants in front of Carly Hertz, the most beautiful girl in school, after eating one too many bowls of clam chowder or nearly burned my nipple off in a chemistry experiment gone wrong. Why was my shirt off? It wasn't because we're not talking about me and these things never happened. All right? Okay, so what's the deal? Why do people love embarrassing stories so much? And why do we get so much satisfaction when embarrassing moments happen to people that we hate? Don't deny it. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. And you know what? That feeling, well, that feeling, it's normal. In fact, it's so normal, the Germans even have a word for it, which makes sense if you think about it. Makes complete sense. So throw out that page on your word of the day calendar and buckle up because I'm coming at you with Schadenfreude. That's right. Schadenfreude. Really rolls off the tongue there, doesn't it? The official definition is... The experience of pleasure, joy, or self-satisfaction that comes from learning of or witnessing the troubles, failures, or humiliation of another. To use it in a sentence, America's Funniest Home Videos thrives on schadenfreude. Now, wouldn't it be fab if second-hand experience was the only way one could feel the cringe and tinge of embarrassment? Oh, that would be a dream. That would be an absolute dream, but that's simply not possible. Everyone trips, or barfs, or shits their pants in front of their crush at one point or another. Not that I would know. And if you're lucky, your experience will one day spice up a round of drinks with friends, or make a first date laugh, or who knows, maybe even land you on a podcast featuring the most suave and deboner host who has definitely always made it to the bathroom in time, ever in his life. Surprise! I'm talking about me. I'm... I'm the host of the of that podcast. Our first brave storyteller is none other than the vlog squad daddy himself, Jason Nash, who found himself in an awkward position and proceeded to handle it pretty, pretty poorly. When I was younger, I wanted to be a, a newscaster. I had a, uh, I really loved sports so much. I was really into sports and uh, I grew up in Boston and I loved local Boston sports, Celtics, Bruins, Patriots. It's all I cared about. And my cousin was dating a guy who was on uh, ESPN as an anchor. And uh, and I thought that this was incredible. And I, I was like, wow, that's what I want to do. I want to be a sports anchor when I grow up. So I went to uh, WBZ Channel 4 in, uh, in Boston and I wanted to be an intern for the sports department. And they were not able to offer me a position in the sports department, which really bummed me out. They told me, they said, we need uh, somebody, you know, for the news department, sports people, they don't really have interns, you know. So I took the job and I was like an intern. I was actually paid a little bit, which was cool. I remember getting like half a salary, which was great. Because, you know, when you're like 18, 19, any money is incredible. Um, and so I was probably making a good, you know, maybe 150 bucks a week, something like that. It was a good amount of money for me. And I was in charge of the assignment desk. And that was, um, I had a guy that I kind of worked under. And, I, and the assignment desk is this square desk, uh, round with a bunch of, it's, it's like a bullpen kind of thing. Like, like you ever seen like all the president's men or typical like journalistic kind of uh, setups. Um, and I'm at the center. 
and uh, there's chairs in there and, and uh, kind of like a bullpen where people can come up from all sides and talk to you and give you, I don't know, the stories or pass you tapes or whatever. And uh, my main job there was to answer the phone. Uh, WBZ, Channel 4. Or I'd say, you know, WBZ, Channel 4 News. Or I'd be like, Channel 4, like that. And 90% of the time, it was um, it was somebody who was just really like out of their mind, crazy. Like saying crazy things. Which was demoralizing a lot. Because you're like, hmm. My job is basically just filter out the crazy people. So the, the real people can do all the work. Which is fine. But lots of times people would call and and tell me that like Satan was talking to them through the Phil Donahue show, which like aired on the channel a couple hours before the news would share would would air. Um, they would say stuff like that. They would say like Pablo Bell was like a, a sportscaster. He was like the big sportscaster in, in on on the channel, and someone would call and be like. Well, how come Bob hasn't come home? Like a woman would call back, how come she hasn't come home? And I'd be like, um, you know, and when you first get this call, you're like, oh, is this Bob Bell's wife? And she's like, yeah. And then you're like, you find out that it's just someone who thinks they're married to Bob Bell because he comes into their living room every uh, night. Um, so yeah, it was a lot like that. Sometimes the jobs would be fun. Sometimes they'd let me go out with them. The, the reporter would, would do like a live stand-up, which was really funny, you know, especially when it like snowed or something. They'd send the guy out, you know, the reporter to where there was like a lot of snow. Um, like literally I've seen them like, if there was like a snow plow that like made a big bank of snow, let's say there's only like an inch on the ground, but the guy will like make it like, he'll stand in front of the big thing of snow, you know, to make it look like, He's, you know, like it's like there's a crazy amount of snow out there. Um, and that was kind of interesting. Um, and then there was just general like, you know, there'd be like a fire in Alston. Like you'd send the, you'd, I'd be responsible for like sending the crew there or stuff like that. Or they would call me and be like, hey, we're on our way back from the fire in Alston. And I'd be like, okay. Because um, then, you know, they have to put the packages together and get them ready for the 6 o'clock news, which was the main thing, and the 11 o'clock news. Um, and so I really, really liked this job a lot. Like, I was really into it. And I really wanted to do a good job, like a really, really, really good job. And so one day, someone called this cameraman. His wife called. You know, I was like, Channel 4. She was like, hi, is Joe there? And she was like, um, and, and I was like, no, he's not here. He's on assignment. And she goes, um, she goes, oh, oh, okay. She goes, well, just tell him when he gets back that his brother died. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I am so sorry. And my gosh, my condolences to you and the family, blah, 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 blah. Joe's such a great guy. She was like, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, he was sick for a while. So then I hang up the phone and I don't know what came over me, but like, I really wanted to do a good job. So I grabbed a like a post-it note, which is you're supposed to do when you get a message for somebody. Because this is like before cell phones. And you were supposed to leave a message for the person. And so I just write down on the post-it note, to Joe, from Jason, that's me. And then in the message box where you're supposed to fill out what the message is, I just wrote, your brother died with a period on it. Three words, your brother died with a period on it. And then 
I put it in his box and I just went on my day. I was just like, well, and I actually was like really proud of myself. I was like, took care of that. That is an important message. Got to get this to him right away. Like I had no idea. I just didn't know how the world worked. You know what I mean? I think that's like a big thing when you're like 18 or 19 or 20, especially guys. Guys are kind of like dumber than girls, I think, at that age. And, uh, and I just was not thinking. And I really patted myself on the back. I was like, good job, Jason. Well, a few hours go by and, you know, I'm doing my work at the assignment desk. And then Joe comes in. And he comes back from wherever he was at, like a fire in Alston or whatever. And I, I, I see him, and I, he's like, any, you know, he was like a, he was like a Vietnam War vet. He was like a real gruff dude. He wore like the classic, like, photog, like flak jacket, places to like put film in the flak jacket. But like, no one's using film anymore. But he still wore it. Um, but you know, cause that was just like a look that's like a cameraman look, you know? Um, I mean, you would see it in like, you know, kind of like when like Mike Wallace would like, if you see any footage from Mike Wallace in like Vietnam, they would wear these flak camo flak jackets or whatever. So I, he goes, any messages? I grab his messages. Maybe he had like a few in there and I hand it to him. I'm like, oh yeah, right away. And I know full well that like this is going to be awful for you know for him that he's about to get it but I'm just like yeah I guess this is how it's got to be mind you I don't know why the ex-wife like told me to tell him like that which I just thought was weird like why wouldn't the ex-wife just go hey just have him call me you know what I mean why is she sending me you know to talk to the guy who's kind of like messed up from being in Vietnam and kind of already angry when his stuff doesn't come out of the vending machine. You know what I mean? He's already kind of an angry guy. I don't know why she's having me do it. So he starts to walk away. And he's not the nicest, by the way, even before this horrible thing that I did to him. But he starts to walk away and he's reading the messages. And I'm watching him in the bullpen, which is like a really big room, big open room with lots of desks. And I'm watching him walk away. I'm watching him read the messages. And then finally, he stops he reads my message, which is, your brother died. He literally looks like he's about to, like, crumble and, like, fall over. And he turns around in the bullpen, and he's this big, booming guy, like the toughest guy in the entire company, and goes, where's that fucking kid? Where's that fucking kid? What's his name? You motherfucker! You motherfucker! You don't tell somebody! You don't tell somebody that their fucking brother died like that! God damn it! And it all hits me. Like, in that moment, I was like, oh shit. Like, I was like, oh right, that would be a really bad way to tell somebody that their brother died. And I don't know. It's one of the most embarrassing, humiliating things I've ever done. I felt so bad. I was trying to do a good thing. He rushed the bullpen. He he rushed the assignment desk. And he had to be physically pulled away from me. He he literally took a swing at my face. But luckily, this guy, uh, Roby, 
his name, uh, he got on the way. That was his nickname, Roby. He was my boss. And I remember Roby just going, he's just a kid, Joe. He's just a kid. He's like, I don't give a fuck if he's a fucking kid. He's like, you're going to fucking pay for this. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I thought for sure that I would get fired. They brought me in to a, an office, the, the head of the assignment desk and the head of the news division. And I sat there for like 10 minutes and I was like, okay, well, this is, this is pretty much it. And, uh, and I was like, well, I was like, okay, lesson learned. It wasn't like the best job. It wasn't like a job in sports. And the two guys, um, Dave and Roby, they came in. They, um, they looked at me really sternly and then they shut the door behind them and then they started fucking dying laughing and they were like that is the funniest fucking thing and they're like what were you thinking and I was like I don't know I was trying to do a good job and they were just like hysterical for like five minutes and I remember the offices were glass so people was like were watching them laugh and I was like you guys probably shouldn't laugh and they're like oh yeah 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 yeah, probably probably not probably not Um, and then they were just like yeah just don't do it again and then they let me stay. And I kept my job at WBZ Channel 4. Mm, that is some sweet, sweet schadenfreude right there. I feel like the modern-day equivalent of what Jason did would be sending your boss a text message that said, Your brother is dead. Skull emoji, ghost emoji, prayer hands. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling better about myself already. If somehow you're not already following Jason Nash on all platforms, I highly recommend you go and do that now. Also, make sure to check out his podcast, Views, co-hosted by none other than the mischievous yet generous boy king of the internet, David Dobrik. Not that they need my plug, but there it is. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. 
We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Our next story comes to us from the Tifu subreddit, also known as Today I Effed Up. And you may want to pop a mouth guard in because it's going to make you cringe so hard you may crack a tooth. Stress has always gotten to me pretty easily. But the last few weeks or so have really been something else. Aside from major examinations coming up, pressure to do well for my family, and a severe lack of sleep, my wisdom teeth were also getting removed in a few days, which I was extremely anxious about. And altogether, I was having a pretty bad time coping with it all. So, being the horny teenager I am, I often find solace in my penis and its best buddy, my right hand. So, upon returning home after getting my teeth removed and what seemed like a dream, I lay down in my living room with my family watching TV. I dozed off a couple times and I was generally quite disoriented. Being both high off anesthetics and tired is not a good combination. So after waking, feeling drowsier than ever, the upcoming exams dawned on me once again, especially since I had done next to no studying at the time and not really caring to face the problems that troubled me, I decided to reunite the dynamic duo. That being my right hand and my beloved penis. And, uh, just forget about it all. So off I went. Except I forgot one thing. I was still in the living room. In full view of my entire family. (sighs) Somehow, my gassed-up, tired brain managed to convince me that I was not in fact sitting with my family by our TV, but was instead comfortably laying in bed in my own room. No, I don't really understand how or why it happened a few seconds in, and I began to notice the puzzled eyes that curiously seemed to be looking right at me, with expressions that transitioned from shock at my brazen meat-smashing, to anger and outrage, accompanied by a little intense giggling. I snapped out of it, of course, realizing the insanity of my actions and beheld the pure, unfiltered embarrassment I had put myself in. I'm not going to talk about what happened next, as I don't want to relive the next few moments, but my father is just disappointed. He hasn't talked to me much recently, and 
the long, awkward silences on the drives home are not too pleasant. My mother uh, believes that we should embrace my sexuality and is potentially setting up a group therapy session as I write this. Now, here I am. Just studying my ass off, pouring through books. It's a good excuse to be alone. I find myself hoping that none of it really happened. That maybe I was just dreaming while I was gassed up. But it did happen. And boy, does life suck right now. Wow. Let's uh let's give that kid a hand. <laughs> I mean, he must have felt like a real jerk. I mean, if I were that kid, I would move out. I, you know, I would just beat it. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Moving along. Social media makes it so easy to connect with old friends and make new ones. It also makes it incredibly easy to embarrass yourself from the comfort of your own home. 
Seriously, you can lay in your bed all alone eating candy bars and still somehow find yourself in an embarrassing situation of your very own making. And our last storyteller, Charlie, also known as Critical, also known as Penguin Zero, knows this all too well. I don't think I've ever shared a story about myself so embarrassing that it changes the way you look at me. I've shared a lot of embarrassing stories with girls and shit that I've had in the past, but nothing that's so goddamn game-changingly cringe-inducing that you vomit and think less of me until today. I was trying to think of a story that I wanted to talk about because I wanted to tell a really embarrassing one today, but I wanted to like amp this shit up to like the highest fucking level I could. So I was going to my past of which there is a myriad of embarrassing stories to choose, but I wanted to find the perfect one. And then I remembered something that made me sick to my goddamn stomach. So I can't wait to share it with all of you. So uh, to, to preface this, this happened in high school. The year is 2011. This was right after my third lung collapse. If you've been following me for a while, you know my lung collapsed three times. And the last time it happened was 2011. Well, in 2011, I got surgery to have it fixed. And before I went into surgery, there was a girl I had a crush on that had just added me back on Facebook. And I decided I'd send her like this goddamn scholarly, oorah, I love you message to her. And we had never spoken. So this girl and I never spoke once in our lives, not even by accident. If I farted somewhere in school, there's no way she would ever fucking smell it because we were never even close to each other in any sense of the word. The only reason we even knew about each other, or rather the only reason I knew about her, was because she was a cheerleader and I played basketball. Other than that, no communication, literally not even eye contact. And yet for some reason, in 2011, I sent this girl the most disgustingly embarrassing messages when I was in the hospital. I haven't read them. I screenshotted them today and I sent them to myself so I could read them to you today and we can experience this together as a lesson in how not to ever approach a woman in any any way. Uh, so allow me please, pickup artist legend Charlie is going to guide you through the how don'ts, the, the do nots of women. So uh, let's go ahead and get into these messages here. So ace pussy slang god Charles in 2011 leads with I know you and I have never talked, but I just wanted to tell you that you are one of the most beautiful girls I have ever seen. Now some of you might hear that and think I came on a little too strong. Looking back on it now, hindsight's 2020, I don't think I came on strong enough. I should have led with a, I love you, signed Charles, and then like a little kiss, and then uh, you know, maybe go from there. So after I said this, she responds with a simple question mark. Nothing else, just one character, a question mark. I was already in the hospital, but if I wasn't, that right there would have sent me into the hospital with fucking cardiac arrest. That shit hurt so goddamn bad at the time. But I mean, what, do you, what can you expect when someone leads with some shit like this? This is the kind of shit you see on Twitter with like a bad English associated with it, with a send bobs and bitch lasagna, please. Vagina look good with penis and stuff like that. It's a creepy message. Any girl should respond with a question mark or nothing at all. But anyway, I, my, my spirits weren't deterred. I continued. Yeah. I'm in the hospital and just said, fuck it, it's worth a try. You probably don't think the same... <laughs> you probably don't think the same about me, but I just wanted to say that. Uh, that's some R nice guy shit right there. Jesus Christ. Well, this is pretty fucking bad. Let's keep going. To that she says, oh, I'm sorry, frowny face, but thanks, I guess. Why are you in the hospital? I'm surprised she even believed I was in the hospital, to be honest. You got a fucking stranger coming at you, pretending like he's going off to war and sending a love letter out there like it's some goddamn type of anime. Uh, if someone sent me shit like this, I'd be like, yeah, sure, buddy. I'm sure you're in the hospital. We have small dick syndrome going on. There's no cure. Get out of my DMs. 
I have recurrent pneumothorax. <laughs> I have recurrent pneumothorax in my left lung. It has collapsed three times, and tomorrow I have surgery to repair it. Sad violins playing, I'm sure, when I was typing this. I just wanted to tell you that before I had the surgery. I know that it is a weird way to start a conversation. I also know that I came on way too strong telling you that. Self-awareness, key. Key! Even back then I had it. Even back then I'm like, Jesus, I'm sounding really fucking weird. But I'm still going for it. Didn't stop me. Should have stopped me, to be honest. Yeah, that's the lesson to take away here. Don't do this. You know, at this when you when you're starting to recognize like, holy shit, this is too strong and I'm being very weird, just stop. So anyway, she asks about the surgery and shit. Nothing to talk about there. But then as we're starting to wrap up, I say, just wondering, do you know who I am? If you don't, I bet this is the most fucked up conversation you've ever been a part of. I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely a fucked up way of going about things, past Charles. Jesus Christ. I sound like some type of spoiled rich kid. Do, do you know who my father is? He invented Bing. I'm a big deal. Please, just please love me, please. God damn it. I'm in the hospital. For God's sakes, do you know who I am? God, these are such embarrassing messages. She says, uh, haha, no, I do know who you are. Like, I've seen you, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, that sounds about right. I, I was a very odd guy. Odd looking, too. I had this really weird fuck. My hair looks like shit now, but back then I had an even weirder hairstyle where I shaved all, like, the side, the back, and the top of my head. Like, it was a, a one with the, the clippers, but the front was about as long as it is now. So everything was pretty shaven except the bangs. So yeah, I was, a fu I was a fucking lunatic. It'd be hard to forget what I... To, it'd be hard not to see me and make fun of me. I was one step shy of like a trench coat fedora wearing fucking loser in high school. I really was. So yeah, it makes sense that she at least remembered what I looked like. Because I, I looked like a goddamn fucking psychopath. So uh, to that I said, Oh, sorry. I bet this is weird for you, huh? The only way to make things like this not weird is to keep saying, Yeah, this is probably weird, right? That way it's, you know, it takes the tension off, it's like, oh, he's saying it's weird, it can't be weird if he keeps talking about how weird it is, alright, it makes sense, like, at pretty much every fucking line I say in here is about how weird it is, and yet I keep going. Uh, to that she says, I don't mind at all. So then in closing, this is, a uh, this is my finisher, this is my uh, Mortal Kombat fatality, my, uh, big grand finale here. Uh, alright, cool. Maybe when we get, when I get out of here, we can talk more so I can get to know you a little better? I'm not as weird as this conversation makes me seem. You know, you know. Little pro tip to the ladies, don't take someone up on that offer. Uh, they most likely are pretty fucking socially inept. I certainly was, 100%. We never talked after this, I can't imagine why, but we never spoke or anything. Nothing ever came of this, unsurprisingly. However, I'm sure if we did, I would have been still just as socially inept talking in person as I was on the Facebook Messenger. So the lesson, ladies and gentlemen, don't be weird. That's always the advice I give to someone going into college and shit. Just don't be weird. Don't be super forward. Don't be super out there. Just be normal, normal conversations. Let things, you know, simmer, develop, you know, sniff things out. Don't just come in there guns blazing, fucking jerking off. I love you. Do you love me? Like, come on. Come on, 2011, Charlie. I... I look back on shit like this and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I, I didn't, I never recognized how bad I was until like, you know, you get older. So, you know, it's a pretty embarrassing story. Maybe it's not as embarrassing for listening to it, but for me recollecting on this, it's fucking bad, man. Like, Jesus Christ, that girl was probably scared for her fucking life thinking I'd be tossing pebbles at her window late at night at like 2am. Hey, did you think about me in the hospital? 
I'm all right now. You want to talk? Shit, man. Well, that's the end of the story. Uh, another nice tale for the compendium of awful interactions I've had with women, all of which being my fault from my past. So, uh, yeah, fuck yeah. That's it. See ya. I think the moral of this story is never surgery and Facebook. Oddly specific. Really no good can come of it, ever. And also, don't be a creep. But if you do a creep thing, recognize you did it, admit the creepiness, make a YouTube video about it, and then be a better person. I'm sure there's a few people out there who could learn a thing or two from Charlie's story. For more moist critical content, subscribe to his YouTube channel, Twitch, or check out his podcast, The Official Podcast. And there you have it. Not only did you learn a new word today, but you felt it. You experienced it. Let's practice it one more time. Repeat after me. Schadenfreude. Excellent. Great job. You cringed some cringes, and if you're like me, you shuddered in your soul. I'd like to give a huge shout-out to our storytellers, Jason Nash, Critical, and the anonymous masturbation boy, wherever you are. You can find more info about them and links to their channels in the description. Until next time, my little schadenfreudian loving fable babies. Hey! Oh, oh crap. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I've been spotted because there is a very attractive yet stern principal-looking lady beelining towards me right now. Oh, my God. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. Is that Carly Hertz? <laughs> it is Carly. I would recognize that disapproving scowl any day of the week. Oh, shit, 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 shit. How do I get out of here? I am not, I am not prepared for this. I'm, I'm wearing freaking jorts right now, and I am having a mediocre hair day at best. Crap, crap, crap. Where's the exit? Hey, sir, you can't be in here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm just trespassing. Sorry. Wait, wait. you look familiar. Oh, crap, she recognizes me. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Is that, oh my goodness, it is. No, it's, no, it's not. It's not. Whoever you think I am, I am, I am not him. Oh my God, Chatterfans? Long time no see. Do you have a horrifyingly embarrassing story that made you want to fake being sick for the rest of your life? We'd love to hear about it. Type up your story or send an audio file to storytime at collab.inc and maybe we'll share our favorites on an upcoming episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review, give us a rating, and share it with a friend. It helps us out a lot. Storytime is a production of iHeartRadio and Collab. Executive producers Eric Jacks, Song Kang, and Will McFadden. Hosted by Will McFadden. Produced by Jessica Eccles, Jason Shapiro, Jenny Ulmer, and Daniela Mora. Written by Jenny Ulmer. Voice acting by Tom Szymanski and Jenny Ulmer. Sound design by Tony Maddox. Original score by Scott Simons. Cover art by John Kusagaya. And animation by Bella Bouchon. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.